everyone. I'm Jen. I'm Anthony, and this is Bottom Bracket Biking Podcast. A couple's guide to biking. Hello, and welcome to episode 10. I'm pretty excited, Jen. We are on double digits now. I know. This is kind of crazy. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, Since we talked last time, uh, we have been doing a lot of stuff, actually, because our last episode was actually an interview. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't even get to talk about my trip to Duluth. And then we went to Bentonville and you did a bike clinic. Yep, we're we're definitely shifting back more into the mountain biking side instead of gravel riding at this point. Well, we had some fun locations to talk about and didn't have a bunch of gravel events because we were out of town. So, so many cousins getting married this month, always when there are the gravel events scheduled. Oh, yeah. And we've been doing that. Like yes. I said, we've been rather running around. It's been a good time, we'll say. But you did a bike clinic, right? Yes, I did. Would you like to talk about that? Yeah. So it was a bike clinic that I heard about through, I think someone reached out to Central Iowa Trail Association and CETA kind of helped promote it. But the idea was there is a few different classes. There was an intro to mountain bike skills, which was, you know, how to pedal in a straight line, how to turn, how to stop at a specific location, things like that. And then there are two classes, Progressions 1 and Progressions 2, working on intermediate skills, which I actually really, really wanted to do Progressions 2, but I wasn't able to make it for that time. What did did that cover? So that was things like wheelies, manuals, um, yeah. That would have been fun to do. Track stands, I think, was one of the ones that they might have worked on. I don't... Hmm? I do not know all of the things that were in it because I could not be there. But I remember the description was yeah, like, yeah, yeah I, I should course. have those skills. Yeah, the, the intro was basically like how to turn and how to shift and could be useful for people who, you know. It, it was really for know. people who either haven't been on a bike for long or have been away from mountain biking for quite a while. Yeah. Um, but no, progressions too. I definitely want to hit one of those classes in the future. Um, the class that I went to was actually the intro to drops and jumps, which I've been working on both of those just kind of on my own for the past, oh, six months or so. And I'm really comfortable getting on and off curbs. I've been trying to get up speed to hit a few of the minor jumps that we have on the trails. You know, we, we don't have a lot of jumps here to practice on, but I'm getting comfortable, you know, getting off of the ground for half of a second, maybe, and really wanted to you know, have the chance to learn something official before I try something more and potentially hurt myself. So what did they start you off? Did they start you off with drops? I would imagine they didn't just send you off 10 foot jumps to begin with. No, definitely not. So we actually started um, in the grass next to a drop, just trying to do a wheel lift at the right time just to kind of get the feel for where we were going to be going and, you know, the right timing on the bike. And then we start off just riding off the end of a 16-inch drop. And that one, so... Wait, the one that you did the wheel lift, how big was that? It was in the grass. Oh, it was zero. Yes, zero. It was next to it. Just kind of a, here's your calibration for where you are in space and also mm-hmm. remember how to ride your bike. Um, there were... The class was limited to uh, to six people and we had... I think we had five there. Um, so myself and three other people were decently skilled and there is a, then there's a lady who she took a tumble, luckily was not hurt. Um, good learning opportunity. She got a lot better after that because she knew what she was doing wrong, but 
at that point, we did lower the drop to 12 inches just to kind of take away some of the, the risk factor. So you went from 0 to 18? 0 to 16. Okay. Yep. Which I was totally fine with that. I've been, I mean, there are a couple drops that I've been going off of that are 12 to 16 routinely. Um, how, how many times did you go over that before you moved on to the jumps? Oh my goodness. Like, it felt like 100. <laughs> So at first we just practiced going off, like doing a wheel drop. And then, you know, you try taking it at speed and then you try lunging out. And then, you know, there are different things that you do, different ways of going off drops based on the situation. And then sometimes you're combining them. Um, sometimes you're doing one specifically. So yeah, it seriously felt like we spent half of the session on the drops before we got to the jumps. But that was nice because by the time that we got to the jumps, it was very, uh, very comfortable and didn't feel, you know, weird. Like the height part really wasn't the freaky part. It was like, oh crap, I'm going to launch myself into the air, which we really didn't. But I know that was easier for me to handle after having been on the drop. So one thing that I kind of tell people, I think I talked to you about is going off curbs. If you can go off curbs in control and, you know, your back tire and your front tire hit about the same time, that's a good introduction to to going off of jumps because you're in control for the whole time. So I have a feeling that's maybe what your first part was about was being in control. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, and I need to back up here. So the person who is teaching this is Ben Tufford with Cognition Coaching, and he is out of Bentonville, Arkansas but travels around the U.S. doing clinics. Um, he's got a lot of experience coaching mountain biking skills, and it was really, really cool getting to work with him. Would love to do so more in the future. We'll talk about that later, though. So after we did the drops, um, we moved on to the jumps, and there were, I have to think here, there's, I think, four different size jumps, and I only got to the third one, um, mostly worked on the first one, which it was weird because that one, like the ramp up was, there's hardly any difference between the ramp and then the top and landing. So it was like you, you went over it and you kind of got a feel for being on a jump, but you got no air. Like I kept is, thinking that I was doing it wrong. Is that the one that like the flat section of the tabletop is actually arched? Yes. So you can kind of just ride the whole thing, but it feels like you're in the air. Yeah, and so I don't think that my wheels ever really actually came off of the jump, um, but it does give a sensation of jumping. And like I said, I've been trying to do some jumps before, and so I kind of had a, a feel for it. I feel like if I hadn't done that, this would have been a really good middle ground. Um, as it was, I just thought that I was doing it wrong. And it was actually really nice to hear from Ben that that's the hardest one to get air off of because I was just like, well, crap, if I can't even do this when I can't jump but that was not the case. Yeah, with the curved top like that, I, I think if you do get air, you can get it too late and miss the landing entirely. Mm -hmm. And so it's probably really sketchy as a jump. Yes. But as a training mechanism, I, I would guess it's probably very good. I, I can totally see that. Did you, did you move on to other jumps after that then? Definitely. So Ben would release people onto other jumps as they went through and he could see that, you know, they were safe on that jump and had a good feel for it. Um, so it was the one thing that I really liked is that w it was always the rider's choice. Like, OK, I think that you're ready for the next jump. You make the call of if you want to stay here and get more comfortable or if you want to move on. Um, so I ended up doing the next 
three jumps. I did not do the biggest one. We only had one person who tried that and just once or twice. But they were more like they had a little ramp up. And then there is a gap between the like the ramp and the flat top. And then there was a flat ramp going down. And you could either just kind of like all of them, you could roll over the gap. It wasn't big enough that it was a problem. So you could roll over and land on the top and then go down the ramp. Or if you cleared the entire top, it was set up so that you would land on the ramp that was angled down. And then you could just roll out of the jump. So for those who know what a tabletop is, it was a two-part tabletop, right? With You had the kicker and then the landing? Yes, that's correct. So the landing was the top of the table mm-hmm. and the, the run out. And the kicker, you could move further away. So he can make it like a five-foot gap if he wanted, right? Yeah, he could. But to begin with, you guys just had a little gap. Yes, and we honestly didn't change the gap at all as they got bigger. The ramps got taller, the um, the top part got longer, and then the ramp down got longer as well. Did you move on to bigger ones then? Yes. So the first one that we started out with, let's see, I did two different sizes. And the second one was probably, I'm just going to guess here, two feet off the ground. And I know I was definitely getting a better feel for it. Just you stay in the air just a little bit longer. You go just a little bit further. Um, It was absolutely not impressive, but it felt really freaky to me to start with and then really exhilarating when I got it right. So I was really happy with it. When you say not impressive, you mean your moves, not the the ramps, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. My moves were absolutely nothing to cheer, really, other than the fact that I was getting better. Like, you know, I've been watching some of the videos lately of people jumping online. It's like, holy crap, you're staying in the air for like, it feels like a full minute. And I think I might have been up for fractions of a second, probably. Yeah, usually it's like a half second feels like an eternity. Yeah. This Ben guy, uh, he came up here and he had a clinic and he posted and I looked at it and I, I just did a 40 mile race the day before, so I didn't end up going. But I didn't know who he was. And so I was really curious, you know, is this somebody who knows what he's doing? Is it just Joe Blow? Because it could have been anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy is very good. He- we, we rode with him in Bentonville. He's legit. Yeah, we'll get to it. But if you're concerned about if this guy knows his stuff, he's he's probably better than you. <laughs> <laughs> if you're taking one of his classes, he's definitely better than you. And uh, one of the other things that, you know, it's there are some women I know who are uncomfortable getting instruction from guys. They've, you know, they've met the dude bros that want to be like, oh, well, I'm a guy, so I'm a better rider than you or something like that. Um, this class, we had... Four women and one guy, and Ben was wonderful with everybody. You know, I've talked to the two of the other ladies in it. They were both extremely comfortable with him, so cannot give him enough uh, kudos. And he actually has, like, certification, too. He's not just some Joe Blow guy. He's legit. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of different certifications. He actually has written some of the curriculums that I think are used in, what's the high school program? Do you mean the NICA program? Yes, NICA. The... Yeah, NorCal High School Cycling League. I don't know anything about that, but it says NorCal, but it's also done like across the U.S. So I wonder if they just kind of grew out into that. Yeah, um, and Ben is also coaching NICA in the Bentonville area, so he's very involved in that as well. But yeah, in general, the clinic, that was the first official clinic that I have done. And so I really had no idea what to expect going into it. It actually made me really excited to go to more clinics in the future, either with Ben and 
cognition coaching or with other places just because there's something really fun about, you know, being forced to go through skills not out on the trail where part of the time you're getting bit by mosquitoes or it's really hot or you just want to go on and ride the next thing. It's like, nope, we're going to sit here and we're going to work on it. And then it was so cool getting to go out and try this on the trail and be like, okay, I I did that better now. So you would recommend other people do it then? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ben was a pretty cool... I didn't do it, but later on in Bentonville, we met him. Spoilers. And he was pretty cool. So before we get to that, there is some gear that I would like to talk about. This is our mid-show gear break. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ling, ling. Uh, I would like to talk about the uh, the bacon strips that saved my bacon. Mmm, bacon. They are basically tire... I don't know what they're called in for tires, but that's where I, I usually see them. Is They're for tires. A plug. Where you push it in this little piece of rubber and you pull it out and it's kind of a sticky thing. Well, they have those for mountain bikes now. Mm-hmm. And I did not know this until my bike got a hole in it or my tire got a hole in it. And our friend had one on her and it plugged my hole. And I went about my merry way. And guess what? I'm still riding that tire. And I will continue to ride that tire until the sidewall blows out. But now I have some of those because for a tubeless tire, they're, I mean, not invaluable, but very valuable if you don't want to carry a tube with you all the time. And I just absolutely love it. So you buy the patch kit the first time and it has the little tool that you use to put it in with. But then if you just need refills of the plugs and you don't need the little tool that you insert it with, they're called a side of bacon. And so you can go into a bike shop and buy a side of bacon to replenish your patch kit. And it's not that funny, but I've been enjoying that ever since I saw it. And they're called that because they look like very tiny... Super tiny strips of bacon. Oh, yeah. They're fun. Yeah. And they're little sticky things. Highly recommend them. I think they could probably replace my whole extra tube I have. Because if I have those, if, I, if a tube can't fix it, and that can't, or if that can't fix it, the tube's not going to fix it. Well, what about when you got the, the gash in your tire and we had to put a tube in? That would not fix a gash. Oh, yeah. So, like a big, like the size of your pinky gash, you wouldn't be able to fill it. Yeah. Like next time you're on a stick through your tire yeah that's a good point but no they're definitely good to have on rides for you know maybe it's something where your tire the sealant isn't going to be quite enough to patch the hole and that's actually what i wanted to talk about for gear today so i also got a flat while i was in bentonville and it turned out that what happened was it wasn't even that big of a hole it was just a little gap that i think i'd got the cut quite a while ago, but I run tubeless and so my sealant had been keeping it filled up. Well, I have had my bike with these tires on it for almost exactly six months now, and that's about the time that it can dry up and you need to replenish the sealant. So got it back to camp, um, ended up getting the sealant just refilled, spun the tire around a few times, filled it back up with air, and it's back to being good as new. So that was something that, you know, I don't think I've I don't think I've ever run tires for six months that hard and had to really think about, you know, the sealant drying up in them. So your recommendation is just sealant in general? Yeah. Just remember that, you know, tubeless is great, but you have to do some maintenance on it. Jen, we can't, we can't have consumerism if you don't tell them what to buy, but. Buy a mini sealant thing (laughs) then. Carry it in your backpack. Fill it up if you need, or just. Don't be stupid and do your maintenance on your bike routinely. Yeah, I think that's good advice is do bike maintenance. If you have uh, sealant or tubeless tires, the sealant will dry up eventually. 
Ben said six months, right? Yep. Yeah, that's what Ben said, and I didn't have a reference. I just run them until they blow up, so that was a good uh, point of reference. I did look it up after the fact because I was curious, and that is just about what's recommended. Now, dear God, can we move on to the Bentonville trip? Oh, yes, we can. We've, we've been referencing it already, so we'll I tell know. you the whole story now. So, this guy Ben. Ben Tufford, the one who puts on the bike clinic. His company is Cognition Coaching. Yep. And he is based out of Bentonville. Yes. And Jen found that out talking to him at the clinic, and he said, hey, if you're ever in my area, hit me up and we'll go right around. And my friend Aubrey, who is also at the clinic, and I kind of looked at each other because we had just been discussing a last-minute Bentonville trip, and we're like, what if we're going to be there next Friday? So they said, can you do next Friday? And he said, yep. So we met up with them down in Bentonville. Uh, We drove, it's a six-hour drive from where we live. We drove down there, got there around noon? 12.30ish, yeah. Yeah, so we ended up meeting them at, I think it was two, yeah, two o'clock, three. Three o'clock. Met him at three. We met him at three, and we rode for two, two hours, I think. I think it was like two and a half hours. Yeah. But the thing was, I, I can't recommend getting some kind of guide or a helper in new places enough after this. I would have never said this before meeting this guy. Yeah, Anthony was a little bit unsure about what to expect. Well, yeah, I mean... I can ride everything up here, so I get kind of a bit of a big head. and A bit? Yeah, a bit. <laughs> but I can ride everything up here, so when I go to a new place, I figure, well, if I can't ride it, just, all right, I'll try some other stuff. And when you, when you get somebody who's familiar with the area, they can show you how to ride stuff that you otherwise wouldn't. Yeah, so that was really fun. This was Anthony's and my third time going to Bentonville. Um, Aubrey and her husband have gone down there multiple other times, and so she's a little bit more familiar with it. She's also very advanced technically. She's definitely better than I am. Um, We discovered over the course of the weekend that she and Anthony are probably about on par. But yeah, Friday. We got down there, and we met Ben on the Bentonville Square, which is one of the things I love about Bentonville, is you can start off in the middle of town and just go mountain bike. The trails are all right there. They're, they're like two blocks away. It's amazing. So he introduced himself to Anthony, because he'd met Aubrey and I, but not Anthony, and kind of figured out what we were thinking about doing, if there's any trails we had in mind, and then we took off and adjusted the plan as we went. So I think we started off on some easier trails. Mm-hmm. Well, not even easier mm-hmm. trails. We started off on All-American, right? Yes, All-American. And that's just the easiest way to get to the other trails. But it's also a very good intro because along the trail, they have tons of features. It's like a playground of a trail where there are some skinnies, there's some jumps. And so as a as an instructor or as somebody who's showing someone around, you can see what the other people are riding. Which, if you're Aubrey, was literally everything, and I was right behind her and jealous as heck. So I have the feeling that's kind of why we went down there, was he could see what we were comfortable with and kind of get a feel for what kind of ride it was going to be. Because he didn't know. We might have not been able to do bank turns, you know, berms and stuff. Yeah. But we rode a couple fun stuff, and it it was okay but we we came up to these this one section that i had tried or looked at last time we were there mm-hmm. and it was a i don't know a wooden kind of a boardwalk that dropped onto another boardwalk i don't know where you talking about with the metal grating and the berm creek is what it was called oh yeah yeah berm creek okay yeah berm creek and i had looked at it last time and because of the drop i thought i don't think i want to ride that but guess what because i had somebody familiar with the area he showed us yeah, you can ride it just like this. It's not that big of a deal. 
And it, it actually wasn't. I wrote it twice, I think, maybe mm-hmm. three times. Yeah. So that one was, I pulled up to it and looked at it and was like, uh, heck no, I am not doing that. I'm going to nope out of this. I am the least skilled person here. I don't need to do it. And he's like, okay, go, you know, 15 yards that way, turn around, look at it from that angle, start there, get a run up for it, like get your feet on the pedals, you'll be fine. And the nice thing about going the 15 yards down more than just, you know, getting myself situated on the bike was also the fact that I could see it from the side and be like, okay, it's not like a cliff. It's not even a full drop off. You can roll the whole thing. It's fine. And then the good thing about riding with Aubrey is that like Anthony and I have dropper posts, but we don't use them probably as much as we should just because you don't have to have a dropper post in Iowa. You can get away without it. So she put hers down, and I think that helped me feel a bit more comfortable with it. The uh, the cool part about riding with Ben is he had clearly ridden with enough people. I mean, he's a high school coach down there. That he has an idea of what you can and cannot do based on what you have done. Mm-hmm. So there's stuff I'd be nervous about, and he'd say, oh, yeah, you can do it. And I'd go, well, if Ben says I can do it, clearly I can do it. There was uh, some skinnies we went on. Oh, yeah. This this was the other fun part. And uh, he, I was just riding behind him, and Aubrey and Jen were behind me, and he goes, how do you guys feel about skinnies? And I don't feel anything about skinnies. I, we don't have them here. And I'm in the back going, oh, hell no. No, no, no. So by the time I had gotten my thoughts together enough to articulate that, we were already on it, and I was like, okay, here we go. So we rode it, and it was fine. And, and I thought wh- for sure, I thought for sure Jen was, wasn't going to make it. He's like, yeah, just get, it's the hardest thing is getting onto it. Just get your speed up. Also, there's a ride around if you don't feel comfortable. Yeah, so we got to the end, and I turned around thinking, Aubrey probably hit it. Jen's probably crying in the corner. And lo and behold, here comes Jen, just, just like you, just like Aubrey. <laughs> Three little ducks following Ben. Which, and I'm very glad that I was at the end of the line because it was one of those things. It's kind of like a group ride. You get pulled along and you can do things that you don't think you can just because you're watching someone in front of you. And it's like, well, that looked easy. If they can all do it, like, I can give it a try. And this wasn't that bad of a skinny. It was like, I don't know, 18 inches off the ground, if that, probably two foot wide, straight line. That was a really nice thing is it really didn't turn. And before I really knew what I was doing, I was on it. And at that point, I was kind of committed. And it was easier for me to keep going forward than to try and stop and bail. So that was the first point where I thought, oh, this is uh, very different than riding by myself. Because I I wouldn't have ridden that by myself. Uh, The other one was one that I'm just going to call train train. (laughs) Because I don't know what the heck it's actually called. Train train. Whatever. It's, it's train spelled Shrowin train, but it's, yeah, Shrain train. I'm calling it train train. Choo choo. Here we go. <laughs> no, choo choo is a different one. Oh my God. We <laughs> choo choo too. We rode choo choo. It, it is not Shrain train. So choo choo is this crazy berm thing. Like the whole thing is just left and right and left and right and left and right. And this was a section Jen had actually asked to ride. What a, they just recently paved it because with how big the berms are, they washed out a lot. What did you, did you like it? Yes, and I did want to clarify, it's not, you know, technically paved. It's a different type of, like, somewhere between pavement and dirt. And basically, it keeps it from eroding, so you can still ride on it while it's wet, and they don't have to maintain it all the time. Uh, Technicality. Choo-choo actually is, it's asphalted and then has, like, this rock texture over it. Okay, fine. Whereas this downhill section has a, uh, 
it's a binder agent in the soil. Mm-hmm. So that's not technically paved, but Choo Choo kind of is. You know, technical details, but... Yeah, so it was one of our friends had written it and said it was her favorite trail, and I hadn't tried it. I'm like, okay, so I definitely want to try that. And that's actually kind of where we started out our ride. It was insane, the berms. Like, I don't know if I could have walked that trail. Like, if you weren't riding it with a bit of speed and, like, up on the edges, like, it was, it got way harder to navigate. So the thing with that is that all the rocks kind of fall towards the inside. Mm-hmm. So if you don't ride the berms, you end up having to turn on a bunch of loose stuff going really fast. Yeah. So you the berms are actually the safest way to do it. Anyway, we were talking about train train. <laughs> train train. I'm calling it train train. So we did not do all of train train. Um, it is a black diamond section or black diamond trail. And we really just did the end of it. So right by Berm Creek, there is an access point where you can get up to the last, I don't know, 100 yards of this trail, which had three or four different like rock step downs with a short flat section in between them. So that actually worked out really well with Aubrey and I having just done the drops and jumps course. Ben was explaining to us like, okay, so, you know, same things here. Get low. You can roll all of them, you know kind of using what we done in the class. And then this is really when Anthony, I think, got excited about, you know, riding with a guide or someone who could give information. That section was one that I had looked at last time we were there in May. Mm-hmm. March, March. Really? Was that early? Yeah, we were there in March, huh, right okay. before COVID hit. We were there in March, I suppose. And I had ridden up there and looked at all the rocks and went, mm, no, I'm good. But what it ended up being, once I watched Ben do it, I thought, oh, well, that's actually not that hard. You would ride a little rock section and then have a flat where you can slow down and collect your thoughts. And then you just repeat that like four times. So I I wrote it no problem. And Jen wrote it. And Aubrey wrote it. And I was shocked that Jen wrote it because I I didn't realize Jen was that good. (laughs) So that's actually something that I really, really loved about this trip to Bentonville is typically when Anthony and I go and bike, we do separate things. Because for a long time, he was like, two times as good and as fast as I was. But I have been working on a lot of skills and strength in the past year. He's still way faster than I am. But with this kind of riding, we were able to go do the same thing. And, you know, you collect in a group at the end of a feature. And so the speed wasn't a huge deal. But it was so fun. Like Anthony and Aubrey and I rode together the entire weekend. That's never happened. No. Not even close. I feel like... it's definitely going to change how we do bike trips in the future just because it was really fun. You know, I think there are a couple of times when Anthony's like, well, I could have gone harder or faster and maybe he'll end up splitting off on future trips to do that. But I, I think there'll definitely be more of a group ride component. Well, and the places that I could have gone harder or faster, it was a uh, why, why would I when we could ride for six hours together and try these different features together. It was a different type of riding than I've ever done because I I don't know any better. Over here in Iowa, it's all about how hard you can go because what are you going to do, session a hill? Yeah, there's not much to session in Iowa. Are you going to ride a different line of the hill? No, there's one line. So riding with Ben also showed me, at least, a different way to ride. Like not just how to ride better, but a different way to do a bike trip. Mm -hmm. And that is bike to a place calmly and chill and then ride features until you get it. I was actually really worried when we start out that I wasn't 
not going to be able to keep up with the other riders just because I know I'm not quite as strong of a rider as they are. And I did not have that issue at all. I think Ben just set his, you know, go all day pace, which was my, okay, this is going to be hard, but I can keep up pace. And we'd get there. And usually I was the last person to try a feature. So I had a minute to collect my thoughts and catch my breath and make sure that I felt good on the bike before I went on. And it worked really well. So we ended up going to Hobbs State Park the next day. Yep. Everything we've talked about was just the first day. We could spend an hour on this. Oh, yeah. So we're going to skip Hobbs State Park. Hobbs was, it was gorgeous. Oh, my God. In the fall, it'd probably be better when mm-hmm. you can see the lake. They, the tree still had leaves, so we couldn't see the lake. It was just a, yeah, it, it was fine. Yeah. No, it was definitely fun. I know some people that absolutely love it. Um, I was not super impressed with it. I think it would have been cooler in a different season. But we did the Karst Trail, and that was a really nice loop. It was like eight miles, I think. Yep, it was an eight-mile loop. That was another fun one where it was fairly good because they didn't have a ton of turnoffs from the trail. So once again, you could go out as a group and ride and like Anthony would go ahead and then we'd catch up to him if he took a break or, you know, you could just go at your own pace. So that was a, it was a scenic trail. Wasn't terribly difficult. Mm -hmm. Then we went to, they have some downhill stuff that we tried and those were pretty fun. They were, they were kind of tricky and kind of loose in some sections And that's actually where I got my flat and discovered bacon. Yes, that was definitely fun. Although I would like to go back and do the downhill sections when I'm not already a little bit tired. Like with the ride the night before and then doing the Karst Trail, I was at the point where I didn't want to go all out just because I'm like, I'm not at 100% right now. So I think that would be fun to just spend a day doing those trails and working on them. And where did we stop on the way into town? The most amazing taco truck ever. According to Aubrey, the best tacos in existence. And I didn't agree with her until I got there. And then I was like, oh, I could see it. Oh, yeah. They were delicious. Yeah. They may very well be some of the best tacos I've ever had. I didn't know tacos could be better or worse. And somehow they figured out a way to make their corn tortillas not fall apart when you pick up the taco. Yeah, what was that about? I tried that at home and they just fell apart. I don't get it. I need to Google it. I'm sure mm-hmm. the Google will tell me. It's probably like heat them up in a pan or something. But yeah, they were seriously amazing. They're- I would 10 out of 10 recommend. It's an orange taco truck on the right-hand side of the road if you're heading east in Rogers. So keep an eye out for it. Look for orange taco truck that doesn't move. <laughs> Yes, it is a fixed taco truck, so it's going to be there. So then we came into town. I got some repairs, some, some bacon strips. Yay, bacon. For my bike. Got some more sealant, filled my bike up. We had some coffee, and then we went out to Kohler Preserve. Yep. And Kohler Preserve is very cool. Um, it's I think it's more recent. Than yes, it, it is. Some stuff, anyway. So Slaughter Pen was one of the first things that they put in. I think phase one of Slaughter Pen might have been one of the first ones. Well, that would make sense, wouldn't uh-huh. it? They usually start on one. No, I think they should start on phase three. It started on phase three first. I, I don't think phase three actually exists. I think it's phase one and two. Anyway. <laughs> uh, we went to Kohler Preserve, and that is where we met Ben again. Uh, we did, let's see, we started off doing the giant dual slalom course. Yeah, they just put in a dual slalom with, it has some places where you can get a serious amount of air, which we did not. Well. I did not. Did you? Yeah. No, we, we, that was our first 
pre-run. Mm-hmm. So I would have if we did it again. And we meant to do it a couple times, but then Ben drug us away, and I am so glad he did. Oh, yeah, that was my main goal in going there, is I'd seen the dual solemn course last time we were in Bentonville, but it was our last day, and I don't think we had the bikes with us for some reason. No, we had the bikes with us when we were biking. No, but, like, we walked out and looked at that. It was, like, oh. right at the end. I think we'd maybe gotten supper or lunch or something and gone down to look at it, and we, yeah, we last weren't time prepared we went. to ride. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I really wanted to try that. So I wanted to do laps of that, but after going down it once, I'm like, well, I'm not going to significantly significantly increase the amount of air I'm getting. And Ben's like, well, I think we're going to have more fun if we go this way. So we followed Ben. Yep. We went down this one called Here's Johnny, which had a huge bridge and it had a freaking switchback in the middle of it. A skinny, not like... Not a bridge. It was a long 18 inch wide skinny with a switchback in the middle of it, like eight feet off the ground. Yeah, that one gave me anxiety. (laughs) I, d- I got to that and thought, well, Jen's dead, and looked back, and here she comes. Okay, I'm going to be fair. There is, on the switchback, somehow I actually managed to stop my bike, get off my bike, walk around this, get back on my bike, and start going forward, which I'm actually just about as impressed with as if I'd ridden it. Yeah, are you hearing this crap? You got off a skinny and then got back on your bike. Yeah. I, I don't know how that's possible, so I good know. job. I get off and on my bike a lot. Like, you ride a lot of stuff. You're you're way better at riding stuff. I'm really good at starting my bike because I stop a lot. Going slow on a skinny is hard, and you were yeah. going no speed. But anyway, we got off that, rode down some huge rock berms. Oh, my goodness. And then at the very end, there was this rocky section that, once again, I would have never ridden if it weren't for Ben and then my stubbornness to not be beaten by Aubrey. Oh, yeah. Actually, about half of this trip, I'm pretty sure Anthony would have been okay saying, like, no, I'm good. I don't need to do that. Except for Aubrey would be like, well, I think I can do it. And then just take off at it and actually, usually get it. Yeah, it became a joke, actually, where, well, if Aubrey, you can do it, Anthony will try it. And that's what happened. Aubrey would hit this crap, this features. Mm-hmm. And so I would have to do it. But there was one on there. And then we rode over to the, the hub. To be clear, this was the point where I went, uh, nope, I'm good. So I stopped and took pictures while they rode it. Yeah, this was one of two features Jen didn't ride over like 12 hours of biking. Oh yeah, it was fun. So we did that and then we went over to this place called The Hub, which is just this giant, giant like bike feature. Metal and wood structure that looks really cool, but also you can ride up it and then there are two different options to ride down. Yeah, it has these two drop-ins. That you can come in. And this was really the point. I mean, I I knew Ben was good. He could ride all the technical cross-country stuff. But when we hit Fireline and I try to follow him, oh my god. So Fireline is one of the trails that goes off of... There's a whole bunch of trails that go off of where the hub is. And that is, I think it's a blue flow downhill jump track. And they'd actually just gotten done. They'd been redoing different sections of it. And so the whole thing had just opened up, I think, just a couple weeks before we were there. Yeah, they had they had redone it. I wrote it last year, but it was so much better this year. Mm-hmm. I had not written it before, and I was, I was just seriously impressed with it. Maybe. I, no, I did not write it. I saw that it was under construction. We were there mm-hmm. in May. And now, March. March and now yeah. it was open. And... Dude, Ben would just launch off his crap. And he, he had never ridden these trails. Or he hadn't ridden it since they reopened them. At least not the bottom part. I think he said he might have ridden the top. Yeah, the part that they... Yeah. Yeah. But I was behind him, and there was stuff that I would just hang on and pucker, and he would just be like, Wee! 
And so in that area, I mean, Fireline was great. Please go try it. It's amazing. But there's not much to tell you beyond that. It has huge jumps and giant drops and amazing bridges. And And you can roll all of the jumps because I did most of them like that. There are no, they call them mandatory gaps. So the, the approaches to the jumps were definitely steeper than what I was used to. So most of the first half I was just kind of getting a feel for it and then at the second half I started kind of like okay let's I think I know what speed I can go let's see if I can get a bit of a jump here um and got a little bit of air which was really cool that's one that I definitely would like to go back and session a few times on on our next trip yeah I think that if I had done it a couple more times I could have cleared them because I was going off the jumps and then landing just a bit short but I had everything else down so I think give it another hour and I would have been pretty good on it. So mm-hmm. we got done with that and then we moved on to Rock Solid. Rock Solid, which Oh. Hmm. But on the way back up, I forgot. On the way back up, we saw these huge like platform drops that would go over other set you would like drop over sections of trail. Mm-hmm. It was like a road gap almost, but over a trail. And that was drop the hammer. And what really impressed me is Ben would show people how to do those trails as well. Yeah, like, we, we did not do that. No, we did not. But I was blown away that Ben's like, oh, yeah, I show people how to do these eight-foot drops. Just, okay, cool. Well, not me for a while. <laughs> so we went on to Rock Solid, and that was a Black Diamond cross-country slash enduro trail that Jen rode all of but one section, which is amazing. Yeah, that was really cool. The best way, way to describe that was it was a lot like the end of Train Train. Like, you had these rock step down sections only they had a lot longer pieces between them so you had more time to you know kind of get in position and get ready and then it's like okay here's the rock step down which they're probably about the same size as train train the one that i didn't ride that one was i think a little bit bigger and definitely well it was steeper but the weird thing was there is one option where you'd have to keep some speed up to go through it but then the other option, there is it was like closer to the ravine on your left that you could kind of drop off into. And I was looking at it going, okay, if I'm two inches too far to the right, I'm going to clip my pedal on this rock that's sticking out and it's going to shoot me to the left into the ravine. Or if I'm two inches too far to the left, I'm just going into the dang ravine. So I, I did not do that one. And Anthony actually took the other line. I took the, the fast line because the easy line, I just... I. Man, two inches either way, and you're in trouble. So I took the one that I could have further. Mm-hmm. And I, I did it just fine. I wrote it twice. Aubrey wrote it twice. I mean, if Aubrey can write it, I can. Obviously. Well, if Aubrey can write it, I'll try to write it. Yeah, we have discovered that Anthony and Aubrey are about on par for skill level, but Aubrey's ridden a lot more places than we have, so she's more comfortable with rocks just because she's seen more of them. So that was actually a really good reference point for, well, if she can do it, and if she thinks it's easy, then I can do it. And if she can do it, and she doesn't think it's easy, then Anthony can probably do it. Yeah, exactly. The things that she challenged herself on, I figured I would challenge myself on. I've seen lots of rocks, but they're very small and on gravel. (laughs) (laughs) Not good training. Not good training for rock drop-offs. And then after that, we were done for the day, right? Yeah, that was when my back tire really decided to let me know that it was going flat and it was not going to play nice. So luckily it was a slow leak and I could pump it back up and baby it back to the parking lot. But I was done and 
we all wanted food. So it was a good time to be done. Yeah, we had supper with Ben. We went to bed. And then the next day we rode, uh, where were we? Bowling, we, Blowing Springs. Yep. So we were at the Blowing Springs campground, which is incredible because it's right by the back 40. And they're doing some road work, but typically you can also take a paved trail over to the Slaughter Pen area. It's like, I don't know, a 20 minute ride. I've done it before. So love the campground, but it was really cool getting to wake up and just be, you know, right at the trailhead for the Blowing Springs Loop or the back 40. Or the 25-mile loop that they'd put in since March somehow Yeah, across the road. Yeah, that one was impressive. So we we didn't have a lot of time. We had to check out and come home, and it's a six-hour drive. But we rode for an hour or so mm-hmm. around the Blowing Springs Loop, which was also very good. It was more technical than the the Hobbs State Park was. Yeah, so we did the Blowing Springs Loop and then ended up coming back partially on Bomb Diggity, which was fun. There were a few things in there that I didn't ride, but it was a really good challenge and also really kind of fun to see. You know, for me, it's still cool just being like, I would not have done this at all a year ago. And now I'm riding half of this stuff that I think is absolutely insane. Yeah, so if you're going to go... If you're going to camp, Blowing Springs is by far the best place to go. And they have a lot of RV spots. Mm -hmm. I think they have quite a few uh, primitive tent spots. Yeah. I guess I'll find out. It looked like they had about 12 primitive spots. And, well, we were in spot 24 with the camper. So they have at least 24. And I think they've got more like 30. I think they have more like 40. There's a whole Mm. other section of RV stuff on the other side. Oh, you're right. I missed that. Yeah. That's very good. Uh, I guess while we're on the top of the place to stay, the uh, bike cottage, mm-hmm. is that what it's called? Yes. Airbnb, the bike cottage is an incredible like little house to stay in. We didn't do that because of COVID and having doctor friends, but... Yeah, like I, I think I mentioned that Aubrey's a medical student and she is doing rotations and so she's being very COVID conscious. So we had actually looked into getting an Airbnb because we did that last time and loved it. And ended up deciding it was safer to camp and then had a lovely time camping. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I have for Bentonville. I mean, I could talk for another hour about it, but mm-hmm. I don't think our listeners would like to hear us just reminisce about our own trip. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Well, much more. Yeah. But no, key takeaways. Um, I don't think either of us would have ever thought to do a guided tour someplace where we had already ridden. And it made a huge difference. We both came away doing things that we never would have even tried. And I think next time when we go, it'll be that much easier to be like, okay, so I know I can do this thing. So this other one that I'm looking at is similar and I'm going to give it a try too. And that's helped my writing here too, because I'll see roots or step ups or something that I would sometimes ride around. And now I just try to jump up them and treat them like a, like a rock step up. Mm -hmm. It's been very good. Ooh, step ups. That's something I really need to work on. Well, you did good in Bentonville. Uh, so yeah, if you're going to go to Bentonville, I would recommend a tour guide. No, I would recommend Ben. Yes, Ben is great. How do you find him? I don't know. He has an Instagram that you can message him on. He's working on a website, but he is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And if you're good at riding, he would probably love to ride with you. Uh, being an instructor, he probably sees a lot of new people. Yeah. So it is, if you're looking to find him, so Cognition Coaching, it's just Cognition underscore coaching on Instagram. And yeah, it sounds like he's working on a website, but doesn't know exactly when it will be up yet. 
Yep. Or you can reach out to us and we'll put you in contact with them. Yeah. And the other key takeaway is that I think we're going to end up doing a lot more riding together in the future and maybe do more of those days where instead of trying to go hard, we go and find the technical stuff and play there instead. Yeah. But that's all I have for Bentonville. Mm-hmm. Well, until next time, you can find us on Instagram at bottom.bracket.biking. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Any suggestions on topics, questions, things that maybe you've experienced that we're talking about, or stupid jokes. Anthony, anything else to add? Nope. Thanks for listening. Ride dirt, not mud. Mm-hmm.